Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Greetings, Maltopians. Steve here, co-founder and content creator for both Maltopia and now the Sleep-Wake Cycle. I just wanted to take a second to remind everyone that if you'd like to support our many and sundry evil deeds, please check us out on Patreon. Or, if that's a bit too much of a commitment, please feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to. Now, without further ado, let's see what the Stroud twins are up to, shall we? this broadcast to bring you an important update. The serial arsonist and mass murderer, Daniel Goines, also known as the Salamander, has been cornered by Dillinger City Police. While details have not been immediately forthcoming from the Dillinger City Commissioner's Office, we have it on good authority that Mr. Goines has been discovered inside the post-noctum obscurum known as the Fortress of Hiska, one of the tallest structures in the country. Authorities are currently working to bring him out of the building and into custody. Hampering efforts is, of course, the massive blaze started by Mr. Goines himself that has already consumed much of Dillinger City's business district. Local officials claim the fire is still out of control, but fire crews deployed from just outside the area are expected to arrive within the hour. You had me dead bang back in Baltimore, Isaiah. What happened? Why didn't you pull the trigger? You got nothing, huh? I'll tell you why. Because you need me. And the ones like me. When did it all change for you, huh? When did hunting us become something, uh, darker? <laughs> I didn't come here to jaw goings. No. You came here to prove you're not the person who let me go. That you're not like me, and never could be. <laughs> it's okay. It happened to me, too. When I started out, all I wanted to do was bring back all our lost fire. To become the new Prometheus. Burn away all the cold and apathy. But after the darkness, change got a hold of me. And I developed a taste for it all. For burning. When did you get a taste for it, my friend? After you clip Gavin Montroy's, the biographer? Keep yakking. You can't hide in all this fire forever. Or was it Barbara Slick? 
Did her turn as the Ice Queen require you blow her head off so completely that forensics reported there wasn't even enough splatter remaining to suggest she ever had one? You surprised I know so much about you? Not especially. After I torched that government building in Churchley, I learned quite a bit about things. The fire tells me its secrets, you know. <laughs> you want to know what it says about you, Isaiah? The insomniac? Ah, uh, I can't wait. Why don't you pop that head of yours out so I can uh, hear you all clear-like? It says you'd be a poor meal. That there's not much left of you. That your own fire's pretty much eaten you alive. Oh yeah, I forgot. We're both on fire, right? Come on out and we'll toast some marshmallows. Celebrate a little. That's it, Isaiah. Tell some more jokes. Be funny. Does it take the edge off for you? Everyone I've cooked since you let me go? All the death you've allowed me. Did you know there's people trapped in the Shopton Mall? I'm eating them right now. My fire, my hunger, trapped them in a shoe store. <laughs> They're all screaming and crying and burning. But their tears are just so much steam upon their blackened cheeks. You gave them to me, and all the others. You, you killed, killed them, them. Isaiah. Isaiah. Hey there, Isaiah. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Was just turning all this over in my head. I'm not used to my assignments having all these moving parts or the need of a prereq in advanced occult sciences to make sense of them. What was that all about, the uh, Night Christ? Can't say I ever heard of it. The idea behind the Night Christ actually predates the Bible by quite a bit originating within the late arithmetic period. It's the belief that something will come from the outside to bear away the light, ushering in an everlasting darkness. I believe the concept's first formal representation was referred to as the Nightbringer, or Nightcaster. After the advent of Christianity, the legend took on a new shape, adapting its description to a sort of inverted Christ figure, a dark messiah. The important difference between the Night Christ and other messianic inversions, like the Antichrist, is that the Night Christ isn't necessarily a villain. He comes to relieve the world's burden of law and order, in a cosmic sense. The light is symbolic of control, the will of a dispassionate universe, something oppressive. The Night Christ reverses the roles of man and God, allowing humanity to fashion reality after its own likeness, its own capriciousness. Naturally, after the Great Darkness and the rise of the Night Faiths, the Night Christ became quite a popular symbol. There's no definitive proof, because the Order of Knox hasn't let anyone confirm it, but there's supposed to be a depiction of the Night Christ carved upon the walls of a secret room inside the Pyramid of Knox. Well, he didn't say it specifically, but Scram all but spelled that out during his big speech last week. The whole, darkness lets us carve out our own reality, and all that jazz. 
Eh, there's still a lot to this that's not fully fleshed out, though. Scrim's dreams spoke in terms of kings, plural. The Night Christ is a lone entity, the showstopper. He also doesn't wear a crown of hydras, though I've heard of a few mentions of him sporting a serpent halo, the Ouroboros, the snake that swallows itself. But the halo makes sense in terms of wisdom and finality. The crown of hydras doesn't, and neither does his originating from eels. It's like the legend's been combined into the myth cycle I ran into within the Library of Mysteries, the black-crowned kings born from animals. Maybe that book you snatched an image of might make more sense of all this. <laughs> sure as hell hope so. By the time the sun crept up, we just squeezed into a narrow gulch between some steep hills, trying our best to stay out of sight. The sun being up pretty much assured us some fairly smooth sailing. Nykrist's bunch weren't real big on broad daylight. Even with the skies fully lit, the world still seemed murky, suffering from the clutch of the previous night. The terrain felt more than a little off to me, its vibe foreign, almost alien. Like Kilroy's place wasn't the only thing dropped in from distant places. All the exposed rock had a kind of organic flow to it, the exposed underbelly of some gigantic sleeping thing. And the trees and scrub brush seemed unusually dark, like it'd been stained a deeper color for their overexposure to the night. Romy still seemed bothered, but there was only so many times I could ask her if anything was wrong. I saw her pop a few pills when she headed into the thick brush for a bathroom break, which gave me an opportunity to pop a few of my own. My rituals were getting a bit out of hand. I had to touch every rock that looked even remotely like a head. The consequences of not doing it were nameless but dire. The extra pill wasn't advised, but it was necessary. I had to stay frosty, not hung up on a bunch of friggin' rocks. Still, I had to be sparing with them. I lost the extra bottle I kept in my pocket when I took that trip into the drink. I wondered how Romy's supply was holding up. When we found the path that wandered like a 2 a.m. drunk through the craggy upland, we thought we'd finally found our way to the Crickmire place. But what we found instead, well, gave us pause. The place was nestled into a deep valley. Yards of flat, cracked stone replacing the previous ramble of grove and switchgrass. Nearly all of it was stained black with blood, the many wide fissures encrusted with recent gore. Ruined corpses of both man and animal lay heaped all around the dozens of stone altars that stood up from the flat stone basin. It was like a gigantic earthen catchbowl for gathering sacrificial blood and flesh. The smell was horrible, and the flies were thick as smoke off a bonfire. In the center of it all sat a pronounced hole, where all the gore drained into the earth. I could feel that presence more than ever, the wickedness from the cave. They're feeding it. The serpent line. Making it more powerful. All this killing and bloodletting. They're sacrificing to him, Nykrist. How are they feeding it by slaughtering a bunch of people in the middle of nowhere? The line must run close to the surface here, and that drainage hole in the center likely leads right down into it. If Nykrist is feeding off the energy of the line, then by sowing pain and death into it, they're feeding him. 
I knew my way around a crime scene well enough, and had more than a little forensic training in the deconstruction of a murder, so I made my way down to the killing ground, looking for some clues. Obviously, the scene was fresh, little more than a few days old. Even the slabs of rock that made up the altars had only been recently piled. The marks where they'd been dragged across the stone floor were fresh. The blood-stained stone daggers littered all over the place were new, too. And the chips in their blades and the nicks in the altars lined up pretty good. I had to admit I was a little relieved to see that the hole in the middle of it all, where the blood drained, was too snug for us to descend. It likely found its way to the mine, but I wasn't that desperate for a way in. They made no attempt whatsoever to cover this up, and it's recent. My guess is that they're gearing up for something that's happening soon. Something that changes the game, where they don't have to worry about being made for murderers. Clock's ticking, if you ask me. Despite recent events, I decided to take a chance at being seen and made to the top of the tallest slope, hoping to catch a glimpse of the Crickmire Mansion. Sure enough, it sat right at the top of one of the nearby hills. Even from a distance, I could tell the place wasn't in the greatest shape. The roof was plainly uneven, and it looked like the huge wraparound porch had all but collapsed. I also couldn't help but wonder if the Crickmires weren't among the bodies in the culvert. It only made sense. Better to kill the pariahs in the hills than your own neighbors. But we'd come too far to give up on the possibility for a decent lead. So we pressed on. The mansion sprawled huge and messy, a complete derelict. If I hadn't known better, I'd have guessed it was no more populated than the shack Isaiah and I holed up in overnight. It was so wrecked, in fact, I didn't immediately realize the front door had been kicked in. The splintered wood fresh, the mob of footprints leading to and from the inside equally so. Isaiah had already noticed the intrusion and was busy extrapolating a motive. Ah. Uh. That's what I was afraid of. They got grabbed the other night. Probably all dead in that pit. Isaiah slung his bag over his shoulder, produced the two Berettas he kept under his jacket, and slipped inside. I followed close as we searched the first floor. The inside of the place was much better maintained than I expected, kind of regal in its own way. High ceilings, elaborate stone and woodwork, ornate pillars, galleries filled with exquisite art. But there were also signs of a rampaging mob. Overturned tables and smashed finery. Blood. It took us a while to work our way through the entire house, but at last we reached the topmost floor, where a large room sporting a massive steepled window looked out over the hillside. A tall man stood before it, looking silently beyond the glass, hands resting behind his back. He seemed to have no idea we were there. Don't so much as breathe. Isaiah was behind the guy before I knew it, gun at his head. I'm, I'm unarmed. The stranger had a surprisingly youthful voice. So it seems. Keep your hands behind your back. My brother frisked the man and stepped away, holstering the gun in his left hand. You got a name? G G G Gabriel Crickmire. The man slowly turned to face us, barely in his teens and scared shitless. Ah, hell. Isaiah put away his remaining gun. You, uh, you okay? Are you some kind of police? You could say that, I guess. We're here to help. 
Why don't you start with what happened here? Okay. We we were attacked by people from the city. I, I recognize some of them. They just... They just broke inside and attacked us. My father told me to hide down the crypt. I, I didn't come up till just this morning. They all, they're all gone now. My, my whole family. And there's blood. The boy was still in shock. And we didn't have any good news for him. Did you hear any of the townspeople say anything? No, nothing. They were silent. Well, some of them were crying. Isaiah pulled me aside, whispering. I didn't say anything about it before. Seemed like a needlessly disgusting detail. But there was vomit mixed in with the blood at the culvert. Given the kid's story and what you said about the townspeople and their dreams, I think the vomit came from both the killed and the killers. They were made to do all this against their will. So much so it literally sickened them. After we got Gabriel situated, I noticed the gold dagger sitting on the shelf in the corner, and I remembered my brother's question about the werewolves. Where did this come from? I held the knife up to Gabriel. My dad told me where it was. Said to use it if I had to. You guys don't own guns? You know they tend to work better than 24 karat kitchenware. I flashed Isaiah a dirty look, reminding him what the kid had gone through. Did you get it from the crypt? It was hidden in my grandfather's tomb. There's a lot of stuff down there. Can you show us? Sure. It's not not like it matters anymore. The way down to the crypt lay hidden behind a painting of the Crickmire Mansion and the hill it sat upon. If it was an honest depiction, then the place had certainly seen far, far better days. It showed the house all lit up in the cleanest rays of yellow light, its colors singing like morning birds. Even without looking for a date, I knew the thing had been painted before the great darkness, when the world contained a purer, if ultimately naive, beauty. I'd had my fill of underground places at that point, the various underworlds of the recent past having stained me with more than a few horrific memories. Yet, the Crickmire crypt seemed only visually unpleasant, the spiritual filth of the previous places blessedly absent. It was a spacious affair, much larger than I expected, and the vaults sealing away the bygone Crickmires were beautifully crafted the identifying placards having all the flair and craftsmanship of royalty. But it was clear that as the years wore on, so too did the attention to detail. The most recent tomb, Alexander Crickmeyer, the boy's grandfather, bore only a wooden marker recessed into a low chamber where a nondescript wooden box had been laid, the ceiling a tangle of tree roots. I could see that a footlocker of sorts had been recently withdrawn from a hole in the wall, its lid wide open. My grandfather kept journals and things in there, along with the dagger. Gabriel spoke with no discernible feeling as he pointed out the box. Isaiah knelt down and sorted through the contents. Well, looks like we might have some homework ahead of us. Isaiah held up a small stack of film reels labeled, The Wonders of the Great Below. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. 
The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anslone, and the Sleepwake Cycle theme song was written and performed by Sean Zeller. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about the world of the sleep-wake cycle and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Meltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about the sleep-wake cycle and the larger world of Meltopia, head over to Meltopia.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. Mm. 